Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Hi, I'm Scott Hahn, and I'd like to invite you personally to join me and Breadbox Media on August 24th in New Oxford, Pennsylvania. For a day of spiritual renewal, I'll be presenting three talks, one on St. Joseph, one on the Sacrament of Matrimony, and another one on the Holy Eucharist. Learn more and register at breadboxmedia.com forward slash PA conference. I hope to see you there. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com, for faith, fellowship, and love. O Lord, my God, Thou searchest me. My heart and mind are known to Thee. Nothing is hidden from Thy eyes. When I sit down and when I rise, and from afar Thou art discerning my thoughts and In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among men, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. Let us pray. O God, and instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, granted by the same Spirit, who may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Ignatius, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. Oh, good evening. Catechesis on prayer will be explained by means of story I heard that was told by Father Tim Gallagher of the Oblates, who's one of the best experts in Ignatian spirituality, I think, in the modern church. His writings, his appearances on EWTN, his seminars to seminarians and priests. Um, he said this either, I think we were just having a conversation at the table, or maybe one of his talks, sometimes I don't remember the exact context, but this is what was said. Um, Father Tim came from a big family. His mother's a Jewish convert. And um, he said that as a teenager, he was never really trained in, um, in mental prayer. 
usually the way it was years ago in elementary school and middle school, you were basically taught how to pray vocal prayers. That means the prayer to God and angel, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Creed, the Act of Contrition, the Acts of Faith, Hope, and Charity. You know, those are, those are prayers you'd say. And it, it was that, that was it. You know, vocal words, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Till, um, one of the priests suggested that he read St. Francis de Sales' Introduction to the Devout Life. And as a teenager, by reading that, he already learned the art of meditation. So that's my catechesis. Um, yes, it's Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. Have any of you heard of that? It's, it's a real classic. I think I got a hold of it when I was in university and I devoured it, devoured it also. And what it is, Francis Sale was formed by the Jesuits. He didn't become one, but he was formed by the Jesuits. Is uh, He writes about, probably about 35, maybe 40, two to three page meditations on spiritual topics. For example, on meditation on prayer, then examination of conscience, then on death, judgment, heaven, hell, the mass, preparation for mass, thanksgiving after mass. And um, it's... Uh, it's really well done, so if you just read one of those chapters prayerfully, you're already meditating. It's kind of what you're doing in my book, but in my book a little bit different, but it's a guided meditation that Francis Sales has. So, uh, if you have never read that, I would suggest um, I'm giving you bibliographical re uh, sources that you can have in the archives of your memory and hopefully in your iPad or get a hard copy, whatever you like. Okay? So um, I'm giving a lot of little mini talks on, on, on prayer. And that's why we're here. When I was praying my rosaries this evening, I was kind of battling what to, uh, wh wh where to go with you people. And this was, uh, this was my thought, is the mystery of Christmas is so immense, I think we have to go back and do a, we do a repetition. But it's not going to be the same thing. So I'd like you tonight, or tomorrow morning, I want you to, to go back and revisit the birth of Christ. You just can't go all, jump over it in 
in um, lightning speed. But I'm going to give you I'm going to give you another perspective. What I'd like to give you is I want you to give I want you to meditate on the visit of the Magi. Okay? So that will be your meditation. And that's still Christmas, right? So the grace you're going to be begging for is don't forget your warm-up steps. Find a quiet place. You place yourself in the presence of God. God is looking at you with great love. And then you say the Hail Mary, begging the, the full of grace to help you. Pray the Holy Spirit. And you have the specific grace, this intimate knowledge of Jesus made man, the incarnation, that you love him more ardently and follow him more closely. Now that word ardently, a synonym for ardently means passionately or fervently. I am so, somewhat of a Roger thesaurus. I can give a lot of different synonyms for a little different um, nuances for words, no? But it's it's a it's a hard, it's a strong word. No? It's it's love him, love him passionately. So intimate knowledge is that you love him ardently, passionately, and follow him more closely. Now I haven't said this yet, but during the course of your holy hour, it's not a bad idea to stop and beg for that grace three or four times, if you like. Or at least, at least the beginning and the end. So there you are. I mean, you're, Lord, I really want to. Get, I really want to love you. You're making an explicit movement of the heart that you will really love Him. I say at least in the beginning, at the end. But maybe you feel yourself distracted. Okay, if you're distracted, go back to that that petition of grace. You see, that's more of the heart than of the mind. Ignatius says we, have, we want to give more reverence to the will, which is the heart. Okay, let's um, let's go on a let's go on a journey. Okay, let's go on a trip. You have these three mysterious figures. Uh, most commentaries most commentary say that they were probably from Persia, okay? where Zoroastrianism is the religion of the Persian people. These are three very noble individuals. We call them the king. We call them the magi. Once my mother asked three of her grandchildren, who are those who are those three individuals? And one of my nephews or nieces said, Those are the three wise guys. 
the three wise guys, okay? <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes, right? <laughs> so these, uh, these are individuals that, they're kings, they're prayerful, they're studious, they read both books and they read nature. They're being moved by the Holy Spirit. They're inspired. They're, they're searching for the truth. These are all things that we should beg for. I mentioned about five different things. We should all be doing the same thing. We've already discovered the truth, but we can go deeper in our knowledge and love of the truth. So, uh, these are, sometimes they're called astrologers, those who are studying the stars. Really, there's a lot there. How, going back to Prince Mon Foundation, how God does speak to us through nature. Not that nature or creation is God, but it's a means by which we arrive at God. It's a bridge to God. So, they decide that they're going to follow this star. So they're being led by this star. How are they traveling? Well, tradition has them traveling on camels. It's not said in the Bible, but that was a means of transportation back then. I would have been Tough traveling and a camel. Huh? Can you imagine that? You're probably bow-legged after a couple miles, right? <laughs> we, we, we take it for granted. That's kind of nice. That's kind of poetic. Traveling on a camel. No. Yeah. Easier said than done, huh? It wasn't just from here to... St. Therese Church, it was quite a few miles. So what, what I gleaned from that is uh, a real spirit of sacrifice. A real spirit of sacrifice that if we want to get to know Christ, we have to be willing to count the cost. Uh, be re really willing to sacrifice, willing to suffer to encounter Christ. Exactly how many days they were traveling, we don't know. But the star, they found the star, they end up in the wrong place. At first. They end up in the palace of King Herod. Morally speaking, couldn't have been a worse place, but they are totally oblivious to the 
the malice, the evil intent of this king, they don't know. They're from another country, they're kings. And very, they're very transparent. We've followed the star. Where is the newborn king going to be born? So he and all those related King Herod, they were kind of up in arms. Who, who are these guys? So he sits down and he talks to them and says, look, once you've found him, come back and tell, tell me. Because I too would like to adore him. See the work of the devil, right? The devil is the father of lies. Herod is the incarnation of evil, really. He's insecure. He's jealous. He's envious. He's murderous. He's calculating. He's conniving. He's astute. He's tricky. Good description of the evil one. So they leave the palace. And when they leave the palace, once again, the, the star in the sky appears, and the star seems to be moving in a certain direction, and that they're following the star, slowly but surely. Then all of a sudden, the, the star stops. And it stops, that means that they've arrived. And they get off their animals, and what do they see? They see this little child in the arms of a young mother, standing by is good Saint Joseph. This is jam-packed with symbolism. This is one of the most beautiful passages that has symbolic meaning in all the New Testament. So dig deep into the symbolism. First thing that they do is they, they prostrate themselves. Do you know what that means? It's not a mere genuflection. Okay, it's not a mere genuflection. They're basically throwing themselves on the ground. There are other examples of that. Abram prostrated himself and then God spoke to him. Jesus prostrated himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. The children of Fatima, remember? 
they prostrate themselves before the angel. So to prostrate means it's an attitude of humility, submission, adoration, and reparation, all in one. Don't forget, these are, these are kings. But these kings have the spiritual insight of faith to recognize in the arms of this humble maiden at her side is a humble carpenter. There is a king that is much greater than they are. What do we learn from this? Deep faith. From the carnal eyes, you're not going to see anything. But from the eyes of faith, there in the arms of Mary, you've got the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe in the arms of Mary. But it's not over. They're so overjoyed to meet Mary and Jesus, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that they want to offer they want to offer gifts. If gift is basically they're giving of themselves. It's a reflection of their generous spirit. You might even ask yourselves right now, is God asking you to give him a gift? Or maybe two, or maybe three? What is the gift, what is the gift that you can give to Mary? I pray over that. Is there anything you're holding back? We're going back to principle and foundation again, aren't we? That holy indifference, no? <laughs> Doesn't leave us at peace, does it? <laughs> so they offer their coffers. Kings have coffers, no? And the three gifts are gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Often these, uh, these uh, kings are presented as Caucasian, Afro-American and Asian showing the universal character of these kings. This is also called the epiphany. Okay? The epiphany which means the manifestation. So let's take these gifts and see what type of gift you can be to Jesus, Mary and Joseph.
So gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold is symbolic. We all represent a different aspect of who Jesus is. Gold is symbolic of Jesus Christ as king. He's the Lord of Lords, he's the King of Kings. Here's a question, is Jesus the King of your heart? Is Jesus the King that's enthroned on your heart? It's interesting, in Mexico you have a state called Guanajuato, Guanajuato. And you've got Los Codelsteros del Cubilete. And on the top of that, you've got this majestic statue of Christ the King. Got a few Mexicans here, huh? Maybe you don't know that that's the very center of Mexico, geographically. Did you know that? Very interesting. You got, it's like Rio, Rio de Janeiro, Christ the King, but you ha there you have on the top of the hill there of Guanajuato. They've often thought that that's symbolic that Jesus wants to be in the very center of our lives. Amen? Sometimes he's not. Sometimes we put a, a false king up there, paying homage and reverence to the false king. Maybe it's time to decapitate that false king, huh? Get a, get a big axe and... Gold frankincense. Frankincense is symbolic of the fact that Jesus is not only king, but he's God. See in the solemn masses where we're using incense. We're going to be exposed in the Blessed Sacrament. It's already exposed, but at the end of Holy Hour we're going to be incensing the Blessed Sacrament. Jesus is Lord of Lords, King of Kings. He is also the Son of the Eternal Father. And then myrrh. Myrrh is symbolic of Jesus in his humanity, which was destined to suffer death for our salvation. So if you can summarize this very succinctly, very succinctly, with great precision, I'll give you three words. His royalty, his divinity, and his humanity. Jesus is king of kings. 
He is God of God, light from light, true God from true God. And he is the Son of Man, destined to suffer and die for our salvation. Let's follow up on this symbolism, give a practical interpretation. What does it mean to us? Jesus, the gold symbolizes what can we give to the Lord? What are the treasures? Time, treasures, and talents. What are the treasures that we can give to God? Frankincense is our prayer life. What can I do in this retreat to upgrade my prayer life? Said yesterday, I can teach you how to pray, but I cannot give you the desire to pray. You may beg the Lord, Lord, give me the desire to pray. And myrrh? Jesus is humanity that was destined to suffer on the cross, symbolic of our penance, our mortification, our self-denial. The crosses that God gives to us, the crosses that we're willing to carry. So there we have the symbolic interpretation of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Last thought. They're filled with joy. They're going to bring the good news to their kingdoms. They do not go back by the same route. But rather they take another route. How can we interpret that? We are called to avoid the near occasion of sin. We are called to sometimes take an alternate route because we've been taking a route that has been leading us down the wrong path into danger. They were willing to take a different route. In this retreat, Jonas and everything were called to be converted, maybe taking some new routes in our lives that will lead us to deeper holiness. Amen? That's Matthew chapter 2. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among men, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless them, have a good night. Gold, frankincense, and milk. The religious probably has an obedience, right?
one saw a bumper sticker that I actually made one for myself. I have it on yeah. It says this, wise men still find pre-existing arms of Mary. This is international Catholic singer Anna Nuzzo inviting you to join me and Father Dan Cambra of the Marian Fathers on a select international tours Divine Mercy pilgrimage to Poland and the Czech Republic. It takes place in September of 2019 and we would love for you to join us. For more information go to my website AnnaNuzzo.com. Thank you and God bless. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.